Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm Taylor, talking to Christian today. This is part two of the trade deadline recap. We went super long, so we just decided to cut it into two episodes. So we're just going to drop you into the second half of our conversation. Enjoy. Let's move on to... This is a trade that I found... I got excited at first, and now I'm just confused by it. So this is a three-team trade. The Clippers receive Eric Gordon in three second-round picks. The Rockets receive John Wall, Danny Green, and then I've never seen this before, a protected pick swap from the Clippers. And then the Grizzlies receive Luke Kennard. So basically what's happening here is the Clippers are swapping out Luke Kennard for Eric Gordon, and the Rockets are getting John Wall and Danny Green, who are both going to get bought out. So basically, the the Rockets are just the in-between here so they can get a pick swap. But I don't understand this if you're the Clippers, why you would trade Luke Kennard, who's probably the best catch-and-shoot three-point guy in the league. If he's not the best, he's in the top five. For Eric Gordon, who is very old and hasn't played well in a while. Yeah, um, I don't... uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at uh, where Kennard's three-point shooting talent is. Uh, high. Yeah, it is very high. It looks so he's a top twenty in three-point shooting talent. Um, but in yeah. catch and shoot, he's even better. Yeah, catch and shoot, he's even better. I th- I think I heard somewhere he's shooting over like fifty percent on his wide open threes over the last like three years or something. So. Um, uh, uh, yeah, the inferno called. They want their uh, three-point shooting back. Yeah, that was the Thinking Basketball pod that, that mentioned that. Um, so, yeah, it's, obviously, I think that's going to help the Grizzlies a ton. For the Clippers, um, I guess they're worried about Kennard's defense. And um, Gordon has, like, been – Gordon has – His D-LeBron has not been kind the last couple of years. Yeah, I think the Clippers are hoping that, like, he hasn't cared and – like I, I think like in when he was playing with Harden, his defense was like decent in the playoffs like three years ago. So they're betting on that, I guess. Um <laughs> they're bet they're betting on his defense from three years ago, even though he's like aged three years since then. And I think he's like now what, like thirty two or something like that? Something um, like that. Early thirties. Yeah. So he's oh no, he's whoa, he's thirty four. 
Mm. Uh-huh. Well, this, this trade's getting worse and worse for the Clippers. However, I love this for the Grizzlies. They add Luke Kennard. They really needed more three-point shooting because outside of Desmond Bain, they didn't have a lot of it. And if you need three-point shooting and you go out and get the best catch-and-shoot guy or whatever, top five catch-and-shoot guy in the league, that is about as good as you can do at the deadline for not really giving anything up of value. Yeah. Um, this is because they give up Danny Green, who basically hasn't played all year. Right. And um, although Danny Green, I, I guess they're kind of it, it's hard to know what to make of Danny Green because he's coming off the ACL uh, injury and he hasn't played all year. But um, in the he's past, 33, I think. What was that? I think he's also like 33. He's also really. Yeah. So he's old and coming off an ACL injury. I think he's like 35, actually. So. <laughs> Like at that that age and coming off an ACL, um, yeah, he's thirty five. Uh, Ooh, he's thirty five. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's tough. That's I knew he was in his thirties. That's it's. I'm not. I I really like Danny Green, but it's just difficult. It's difficult to play in the NBA. Like after at thir- like thirty five is the cliff for most players. So it's tough, especially when you're coming back from a serious injury. Yeah, I so Danny Green was actually pretty good last year, but I think that, like. The fear is like he's coming off an ACL at age 35. Chances are he's not going to be that good, <laughs> at least as good as last year. And and probably the likelihood he's uh, I mean, I think the Cavs have I think the Cavs have already he got bought out. I think the yeah. Cavs have already signed him. It's one of those things. I, I like the move for the Cavs because it's, it's extremely low risk. And Danny Green's been a fantastic player, one of the best role players of the last decade. But it I, I we just don't know how much gas is left in the tank. Right. Um, but honestly, if he like returns to like what he displayed last year, that's a that's a great pickup. But it's just hard to to bank on that happening because of his age and coming off an ACL, just like kind of the likelihood of that happening. And Memphis has had him the whole year, so they are probably aware of how his rehab has gone. Right. So maybe they were, you know, maybe they saw some stuff where uh, they're a little worried about him not getting back to, you know, Danny Green peak Danny Green form. I mean, it's uh, also hard when Luke Kennard is the thing you're getting where you're like, you know what we really need Danny Green to do? Shoot the three really well. It's like, well, you could just have Luke Kennard. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like, what if you're looking at what Memphis as a team needs, they have a lot of good defenders. Um, they, <laughs> they, they might have too many good defenders. Yeah, they don't need defense. And if you look at the weakest aspect of their team, it's definitely their three-point shooting. So <laughs> you're like, you're trading away a player who might help you more on defense uh, and getting like one of the best three point shooters in the league. And uh, I mean, just think about some of these lineups where like you could have like jaw with like Bane and Kennard with like triple J uh, like, how about that shooting there? Um, yeah, I don't that's know. A, I really, really, really like his fit on that team. Yeah. Um, and just cause like, He's going to get so many good looks playing next to Ja. Um, and he is like, and you can't leave him open. So it's, it's going to be like, I really love the fit. Totally agree. I think that was I, this. They might have made this might have been one of the best moves for any of the teams that like at the top of the league um, in terms of like, obviously, with the exception of like Katie getting traded. But like 
you get what I'm saying for like a role player for a mid-level move a role player move this was very very good because they lost Danny Green who hasn't contributed to the team so it's not like they're losing anything and then a couple second round picks for one of the best catch and shoot guys in the league absolutely I love it uh let's move on to the Celtics they got Mike Muscala again this is a smaller trade they got Mike Muscala from the Thunder they moved back salary in two future second round picks I feel like Muscala so he's a very good three-point shooting big I like this move because it just adds a little wrinkle that they can use off the bench. And it's interesting because if you played him with Al Horford, you could play double big and have like a tremendous amount of shooting on the floor still. Yeah, I I love this move for the Celtics. I mean, they didn't really give up much. Um, and, you know, they get a, a great another great three point shooting big um, who they can. I mean, now they're big man rotation. They have Horford. Uh, Rob and Muscala, and obviously they sell Blake and Cornette, so they have a really solid big man rotation, uh, and just probably adds honestly to, like the best team in the league. Like they might have the best depth in the league, and you're now adding to that. So uh, definitely a great move for the Celtics. Uh, the question I have is like uh, about the Thunder. Uh, I think it's interesting that they traded him this year, because um, like he's been on the team on the Thunder. Uh, for a few years now, and it feels like uh, they could have traded him over the last few years when they were like, um, let's just say they were trying to go after high draft picks, right? Like they were tanking essentially, and um, and then this year they tra- they finally trade him in a year where it seems like they are trying to make the play in. Maybe maybe they aren't. Maybe they're just trying to get better, but. Um, they're like right there for the play, and they've been awesome uh, recently. So to me, it's kind of funny, or it's kind of odd that they decided to trade him this year, as opposed to all the previous years when they were trying to tank. Um, but do you think? And and like it does make them a little bit worse. It makes them less likely to get the plane into the playing game. Um, but maybe they don't want to make the plane. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I don't really think it matters on the Thunder end, uh, really, ultimately at all. And then on the Celtics end, I don't even know if Muscala is going to see any minutes in the playoffs, but it's just one of those things could be helpful in the regular season. Um, A three-point shooting big is always an interesting player. It's sort of like uh, sometimes there'd be left-handed pitchers in bullpens where you'd be like, is this left-handed pitcher any good? And it would be like, I don't know, but he's left-handed. And that's kind of how I feel about Muscala's three-point shooting. Uh, let's move on to the Pelicans uh, trade with the Spurs. This is one of my favorite trades of the of the deadline because the Pelicans get Josh Richardson and the Spurs in return get Devontae Graham in four second round picks. And just from like a sheer value standpoint, I feel like this is a fantastic trade for the Spurs because you're trading a player that like really doesn't matter for your team like at all. And you're getting four second round picks out of it, and I just feel like that's a that's a good move. Yeah, um, I'm looking at, at this trade on the NBA uh, trade tracker site, and they have like listed 24, 24 uh, second round pick, 2026 20, second round pick, 2028 20, second round pick, 2029 20, second round pick going to the Spurs. And I was just thinking, like, man, if you read second as first, you'd be like, wow, is this like a major trade? Um, <laughs> just because like there's four second round picks uh, involved um, and like they listed the years, which I thought was kind of funny, but um, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't really 
think. But also, this... if, if Josh Richardson hits one big shot in the playoffs, it's worth it, probably. Um. Oh yeah. Well, that's assuming the Pelicans make the playoffs, which, um, I don't know. Do you? Do you? I think they probably will. They're pretty deep. I know Zion just got hurt again, but I think they do. They got a pretty good roster, and they just have Josh Richardson. Yeah, they they have a really good roster. I think, and they had some a lot of injuries. Uh, with like where I think they were missing Ingram and Zion at the same time. Ingram's not back, but. Um, they're right there with like the the Wolves, the Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors. So there's no guarantee they're going to be. I think it's probably more likely that they're in the plane. So if uh, I guess I mean obviously if Richardson can make any sort of contribution in the plane, um, you know that would help a lot. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's the Pelicans have had a really weird season because uh, I think they they the way they started this season were like, okay, this team could be like a second round or conference finalist type team. And now it's kind of more like, well, it seems unlikely they're going to even get into the top six. Um, especially with the Zion news. I think the Zion news is the most kind of depressing part of this because, um, I feel like if Zion had come back right after the break, they would have been able to stretch to, stretch together a bunch of wins and potentially put themselves like in that top six. And they would have been a really hard out for whatever team they face in the, in the first round. Uh, they might've even advanced, but, um, with the Zion news and, um, now it seems like they're probably more likely to be in the play-in, uh, if Zion's not back kind of sometime soon. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Are you uh, how are you feeling about the Pelicans right now? Mm, yeah, it's. I was never as high on them as everyone else. I think they're a pretty good team. I don't really want to play them in the playoffs if I'm anybody else because again, they are deep. They played pretty well in the playoffs last year, but I don't know. We'll wait and see because I, I think some things got to develop. Their big three really hasn't played a lot together this season, so hard to draw any like firm conclusions. Uh, another four-team trade we're going to talk about, and uh, this one's fairly complicated as well. Uh, the Nuggets receive Thomas Bryant from the Lakers. The Lakers receive Mo Bamba, Davon Reed in the second-round pick. The Clippers get Bones Highland, and the Magic receive Patrick Beverly, a second-round pick, and just straight cash from the Lakers. Uh, the second-round pick is from Denver. So uh, basically this trade is Thomas Bryant has had a nice year on the Lakers. He's a pretty good offensive player, high energy, gets rebounds, just like fills, like moves well without the ball, gets some points, uh, not a defender at all. But I do really want to see him play with Joker. I don't know how that would work roster wise because like they're both centers, but he's a really high effort guy. And I feel like I would like to see Joker pass him the ball and because he, he runs the floor incredibly hard in transition. Uh, the Lakers get Mo Bamba, who is an interesting, again, we talked about this. He's kind of like Mike Muscala, where it's like, well, he's very tall and can shoot threes. So if they can find a way to get him in the rotation as just like 20 minutes a night hitting two threes a game, three threes a game, that would be unbelievable. That'd be fantastic. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, the Clippers get the best player in this trade, Bones Highland. This was crazy. This was one of the crazier moves of the trade deadline because Bones, they've had a bunch of friction in Denver. He like walked off the bench at some point. And so they were like, he's going to get moved. 
And I thought they could get more in return for him because he's a, a second-year player with a lot of offensive pop off the bench and a little bit of playmaking. And they really didn't get much in return for him. They got Thomas Bryant, which Bones Highland's just a different caliber of player. And uh, lastly, the Magic, they they basically dumped Mo Bamba and they got a second-round pick and some cash back from the Lakers. So the, the really interesting part of this trade is the Clippers getting Bones Highland because the Clippers got rid of John Wall and Reggie Jackson. So they have a lot of... Uh, of minutes available at the guard position and they bring in bones highland who is an electric player i don't know how he fits into their roster i'm interested to see but there's a lot going on in this trade the nuggets really needed a backup center that's how they got thomas bryant and then the lakers were just trying to get three-point shooting any way they could and it's an interesting player in mo bamba so patrick beverly's going to get bought out is what i've read in reports from the magic so he'll probably join a contender and uh, just a kind of interesting trade all the way around, but I really like the Clippers getting bones for such a cheap price. Yeah, um, obviously from the Magic end, uh, they're just getting a pick, and Beverly's getting bought out. So uh, from their end, it's kind of very simple, a very simple trade. Uh, I think the Lakers, uh, so they're swapping essentially Thomas Bryant for Mo Bamba, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, they're both like good shooting bigs right so the thing is thomas bryant is he's shot the ball decently from three he just doesn't really do it on any volume right um i does mo bamba do it on any volume either though yeah it's like the main thing he does okay um yeah so i i think um yeah so the clippers part of this trade is like the really interesting part to me obviously uh getting bones um and the reason it's like interesting to me is because like bones is still in his second year so he's kind of like you're trading for him with like he's one of those guys who's gonna has got a ton of upside uh or i mean i guess a ton depends saying a ton it depends on like what you think he's of his got defensive a f- fair amount of upside um, offensively and I, I would say yeah he's got a fair amount of ups- upside offensively i think the big question in terms of him becoming a long-term starter is going to be, can the defense come along? Um, and I like, it sounds like the nuggets just kind of wanted him off their team because they didn't get much back for him. And obviously like there was that report about him leaving the bench. So um, it seems like the nuggets just were almost desperate to trade him, I guess, um, which is, uh, I guess it's just a little surprising. They couldn't get more. Uh, but at the same time, like it just kind of comes down to the way teams see Bones upside, um, because at the moment, I like he's just not going to help you that much in the playoffs. I don't know. He can provide uh, a little spark off the bench. He's so bad defensively, though. So if you're talking about like you're talking about a little spark off the bench, we're talking what about like ten minutes here at most? I mean, he probably like um, you're like like twenty like twenty ish minutes, or like he could be your he could be your six man score. It's interesting because the Clippers already have one of those, but yeah, like in a spot fifteen minutes in the game, I could see him coming into like you know game three of a series. The Clippers need something. He comes in, he plays fifteen minutes, and he scores fourteen points. That seems like very possible. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's so bad defensively though. Like, I just don't know that, uh, like, even in the playoffs, because teams are going to stagger more, uh, their stars more, and so, like, you're going to have Bones out there against other opposing opposing starters, even if he's playing with starters. 
So, like, I don't know. I I just don't know if his defense is good enough to be able to play, like, more than 10 minutes a game or something like that in the playoffs. I I think that's what the Nuggets certainly think, right? Like, to give him a, up for such a low price. I don't think it has to do with the on-court um, play with him. I think that, that seemed like a locker room thing. Yeah, it's a, no, it's definitely an on-court thing with him, but... Um, yeah, uh, I think. Did you so do you remember his, when he hit three threes in a row in the playoffs last year? Uh, yeah, and he forced the timeout. No, if I you're mean, forcing timeouts, so, well, like you're, that's some offensive impact. That yeah. should be a metric. How many offensive timeouts do you force? Or sorry, how many how many timeouts do you force because of your offense? So his D LeBron is minus two point one five this year. It's actually gone down a lot from where it was last year. Last year's minus one point two five. So, um, and, and that's been a big change in his overall LeBron, um, is, is the defense getting worse. What's the uh, O-LeBron in, in your second year. What's the O-LeBron? Uh, yeah, his O-LeBron's gone up. Last year's 0.97, this year's 1.22. It's pretty good um, for a second-year so player. Yeah, it's, it's made a little jump, but I think the thing that would worry you is a bit is the D-LeBron going down that much. Um, and I mean, look, honestly, I like, I really like this for the Clippers in terms of like getting a young player. Um, cause they're, I think as their average age is like, they're like one of the oldest teams in the league and they just added 35 year old Eric Gordon to that. And they swapped out Reggie, who's not 35. So at least you're, <laughs> if you're trying to look at it as like, well, let's try to keep our average age. So it's not like 38 years old. Uh, balancing bones with Eric Gordon at least helps there, right? <laughs> yeah, and also they just uh, just get a spark. You know, I feel like that that spark role. I don't know. I I tend to value that role pretty highly. Um, let's move on. We did. I mean, we so we probably should talk about this earlier. But there's the Laker trade. They get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Timberwolves get Mike Conley and three second round picks, and the Jazz get Russell Westbrook, JTA salary filler and a first round pick from the Lakers. There's a whole podcast breaking this down. Uh, my analysis of it, the Lakers traded one rotation player for three. I think that was pretty good. Uh, the Timberwolves get a vet in Mike Conley. That seems good. And the Jazz get a first round pick. They're probably going to buy out Russell Westbrook. I think everybody's pretty happy here. Uh, Krishna, what were, what's your short analysis of this? Um, I think... I guess to me, I was a little surprised that Jazz weren't able to get more because um, they gave up like three quality rotation players and essentially only ended up with one first round pick. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with you. I thought because like there was rumor where they were like they're hoping to get a first round pick for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt each. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, and then Mike Conley. Mike Conley's tough, though, because Mike Conley's 35, I believe. So like he doesn't have a ton of value, but I agree with you. One first round pick seemed a little bit light, but I guess I don't know. I guess it's better than nothing. Well, the other thing is like it. Um, I mean, I I think uh, it, the other thing is like it was only protected one through eight, right? The pick. So uh, sorry, it was protected one through eight. So it's not unprotected, which makes it even worse. That like like if it had been an unprotected 2027 pick and the Jazz just like are really convinced the Lakers aren't like that's after LeBron, right? And they're not 
like I could sort of understand that more, but then to have the protections in there with like one through eight, that made me wonder even more about how the Chess weren't able to get more. I think from the Lakers end, so here's my thing, and Taylor, you and I have had discussions about the Lakers uh, last few days, right? Like you're you're really excited about this trade, and I've been a big buzzkill towards you uh, with because I just don't uh, think that uh, I just don't think there's enough time, honestly, for the Lakers. Like I. I think if this trade happened at like game like with like 30 games into the season, um, I would have bought the Lakers like ability to do to do something much more. Um, I, or if this happened, like honestly, if this is something that they can carry into next year, I'm going to really like the Lakers like a lot more. But with like 25 games left and LeBron already missing games with an ankle injury. Uh, and both LeBron and AD just not being the most healthy superstars. And also the Lakers being six games under 500, like three out of like the spot right in front of them, or two games out of the spot right in front of them, which is like 12th place. I just, I don't see, uh, I, I don't really see the Lakers like ending, like I don't think this trade is going to matter that much for this season because I just don't think the Lakers are... Uh, are honestly going to make the playoffs. Like I think, um, and especially if you're if you look at the playoffs as the top six, I have a take for you that you're going to hate. I think the Pelicans have a higher chance of getting Wembayama through the Lakers pick than the Lakers do of finishing the top six. Ooh, wow, scathing. I think of the playoffs as just making the plan because I'm like you're in the dance. It doesn't really matter where you are in the dance. Um, yeah. So I think if you look at just making the play in, um. Uh, our actually, I think our projection systems have them at like thirty percent or something like that. I'm not sure if we've updated that with some of the new trades. Uh, and I think five thirty eight has them at around like thirty percent. So they're twenty eight percent. So they're actually still more likely to miss the play playoffs or the top eight than the than make it. And I mean, I just honestly, like it's not it has nothing to do with the team itself because I think the team itself now is a lot better. It's just you put yourself behind that like eight hole by being like, you know, six games under 500 through like 60 games. Like you're so far out now. It's just hard to make up that ground, especially with older players who can who are going to get injured. So, so do you think the Lakers um, I, are better or worse after this trade? Oh no, they're definitely better. I just don't think it's going to matter much for this year in terms of like, oh okay, we can make the second round or we can even make the first round. I just think it's hard. Like, I just would have loved this trade if it happened 30 games ago. Like, if this if trade happened 30 games ago, the Lakers might be, like, a top four seed, and they could be, like, they might have a real chance of coming out of the West, right? But I just, I don't see it. I think it's, I just think it's too late. I really like the trade. Uh, you keep Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt going into next year. They're under contract. So, Russ was going to walk in free agency. So, you retain some value there. I don't know. They're pretty dangerous. They added a really good wing defender. They added a really good movement shooter. And then D'Angelo Russell is like a pretty good scorer. So, and can play make some. So I really like the trade. I feel like you have to do something because as the Lakers, like not doing anything was, you were just going to be bad. And then they make this trade. They add a lot of the things they needed and they only gave up a first round pick, which seems like a fantastic value. So I really like the trade a lot. I think it gives them a puncher's chance. And you know, it's one of those things where who knows? Maybe LeBron's still got something left in the tank. Maybe he makes the play in, wins those games, knocks somebody out in the first round. Like, I mean, 
they would be a very, very good back end team in the playoffs if you have LeBron and AD that are healthy with some nice role players around them. That 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 would go down as probably one of the better low end teams in the playoffs that I can remember. So I would say uh, I'm interested. Well, I'm I'm gonna throw some cold water on your optimism here and just say that like I put together I, I tweeted this out a few days ago because I was kind of curious how teams looked at uh, with like full strength uh, their full strength playoff uh, minutes right so basically looking at the uh, playoff projected playoff minutes and kind of merging that with various impact metrics uh, and I looked at this post uh, KD trade because I wanted to see where their sons ranked. Uh, after adding KD in and the Lakers are they improved but like uh, via like predictive LeBron or just regular LeBron uh, they're 19th even with these additions they are uh, EPM likes them a little more they're eighth now in uh, EPM that's again looking at their full strength playoff rotation and using like the various impact metrics to look at where they rank among the whole league so if you're using EPM that's Pretty, that's a lot better, honestly. Like eighth uh, in Darko, they are let's see, sixteenth. Uh, so it kind of depends what metric you you use, but um, they're still not really a contender per se. And in, in terms of like, if you're looking at like the inner circle of teams where you're looking at like the top five or six teams, um, max they kind of max out more as a second round team at most. Uh, if you look, if you're on the kind side and you use like EPM where they're eighth, but if you use like LeBron where they're 19th, they're, uh, that's more along the lines of just kind of a late second round team. Uh, if you use Darko, they're around league average. So, um, I think I look, they got a lot better cause they like previously those ranks were like in the twenties, I think. So they did get a lot better, but I just don't think they've got themselves into like the inner circle of contenders in the league. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're an inner circle team, but they are interesting. Uh, let's move on. The yeah. Raptors uh, got Jakob Pertl at the deadline from the Spurs. In return, some salary filler, first protected first round pick, and then two seconds. I think this is pretty good uh, for both teams. The Spurs got a nice return in terms of picks, and Jakob Pertl is a pretty good player in the Raptors didn't have a center. So this seems like uh, just going to give it a thumbs up. So I'm just going to repeat the same thing I said for the Lakers here and say, why didn't the Raptors make this trade like 30 games ago? Uh, again, I don't understand whether, so this trade helps the Raptors. You know, it's a, it's a good ad, but this seems like it's just a little too late too like too little too late. Uh, the Raptors like six games under 500, uh, I think they are in the play-in, though, in the Eastern Conference right now. So uh, I guess congratulations, because that should push them into the like the top eight. And uh, and they can enjoy getting swept by the Celtics in the first round, I guess. But um, I guess to me, I, I just didn't understand what the... I, I don't understand what the Raptors are doing. Uh, especially to me, because they seem... like Given their success over the last 10 years... Uh, I saw this graphic, I think, on TNT yesterday where, like, the Raptors have uh, a top five winning percentage in the NBA over the last 10 years. Given that success, to me, it seems kind of bizarre that they're, like, chasing the play-in and not trying to, like, map out a future where they're, uh, like, more competitive. Like, basically, standing pat just seems weird to me. 
Um, but I like the like I like the addition. Like if if they keep their entire team next year, I think they're definitely like honestly they're probably going to be a top five team in the East next year if they just didn't make any moves just via everybody playing better and adding a center. But I just I don't know. It, it's a bizarre move for a team that I think everybody thought was going to be. So here's the thing, right? Let's say they retain him in free agency. Scotty Barnes takes another step forward next year. All of a sudden, you got like a pretty good team. And you're interesting because like, I guess this move doesn't have to just equate to this year. Uh, also, the, we don't talk about this, but like only so many teams can tank. If you have like 12 tanking teams, tanking isn't very good. Yeah, like, we, I, I like nobody ever saying. talks about this. You just a tanking becomes less effective the more teams there are that are tanking. Yeah, no, that's definitely And there's true. already a number of teams obviously tanking. Well, there's there's four teams right now that are by far like way worse than everybody. That's the um the Spurs, the Pistons, Rockets, and the Hornets. And also the Magic are pretty bad as well. See, that's the thing. You think the Magic are really bad, but they're actually, I believe, like two games out of the Raptors. They're two games behind the Raptors. So if the Raptors had actually sold off, they the Magic might have passed them. And they're actually and I think the Magic are actually trying to win games this year. Like they wanna uh, cause like they're, they want to kind of move their core forward and just try to develop winning habits. So, um, the Raptors are actually not that far out from being like, I think sixth, the sixth or seventh worst team record wise in the league. Um, and I mean, look, I, I like, I get the, the bulls and the wizards are chasing the plane. Um, I, <laughs> I guess it sounds weird to say it feels like the Raptors should be like above chasing the plane, but I guess that's what I was kind of thinking because this team's been so great throughout the last 10 years. So it seems weird that they're like, yay, let's chase the eight seed so we can get swept in round one. But um, look, but for next year though, like if they, the, I'm going to really love this move if they keep their whole team together. And if they bring everybody back, I think, I think they're probably one of the top five teams in the East next year. Maybe even top, yeah, top five teams in the East next year. Like I would, just projecting next year, I would predict that they finish as like the fifth best team in the East next year, uh, assuming nobody, everybody else kind of stays the same. Uh, and I mentioned earlier like the the full strength playoff rotation rankings, right? And the Raptors are sixth in, or sorry, seventh in LeBron. Um, and uh, let's see, they are. 11th and EPM. So they're like ranking like their their team strength quality is like really high. It's just again, the record is they're just too far out to do anything this year. Yeah. Uh let's move on. We got uh we talked about this trade again in full detail. Let's we'll go over it really quick. This is the Lakers got Rui Hachimura and the Wizards got Kendrick Nunn and uh, some second round picks. This is another move where like Rui's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He's a, a decent wing. The Lakers are just they they had a problem prior to all these trades where they had like nine guards and like no wings outside of LeBron. So this was just kind of shoring up that depth. I don't really have much analysis. If you want more on it, we have a uh, I think I'm, I might have done solo a full podcast uh, on that. You can find if you just go back in the feed a little bit. You got anything on it, Krishna? Uh, nope. I I pretty much covered all my Laker thoughts earlier and uh, and depressed you, so I'm not going to do oh, that you can't, more. You can't affect me. You can't get to me. 
Uh, last trade. Oh, no. I want to talk about this one really quick. Uh, the Heat traded Dwayne Dedman and a 2028 20, second round pick for cash. From, uh, to the Spurs. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, whoa. I didn't even realize that was a trade. Wait, that yeah, was a they trade? Just, the Heat. Because Dedman got bought. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's so. the Heat were like, we'll give you a second round pick essentially in Dedman for money. And then Dedman got instantly bought out and signed with the Sixers as a backup. So what? Uh, so basically, the Heat just wanted money for a but second yeah, round pick. Yeah, they just sold their second round pick for money. That's uh, <laughs> that's actually kind of interesting because that's something you only see at the draft, right? Like I, I don't ever recall a team selling a second round pick at the trade deadline. I do, I don't remember it, but I just thought it was funny. Um... <laughs> that, no, that is really funny. I just, like. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a trade. Honestly, I didn't know that you know, was a I've trade. Got, I got mixed up in all these fake trades. I thought Nerlings Noel got traded to the Sixers in real life to be their backup big, and I actually really like that. I'm sad it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, was that the last trade that we didn't that we covered here? Yeah, I think we covered all uh, the no. trades, right? Well, oh, no, Kyrie there's one. Irving trade uh, to the Nets. So the Mavericks get Kyrie Irving, Markeith Morris. The Nets get Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick in two seconds. I covered this if you want the full analysis on a podcast. Krishna wasn't there for it. So, Krishna, your thoughts? Uh, I think the Mavs – I mean, obviously the Mavs got better, but, um, yeah, I, <laughs> there's, there's – uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think of, like, I just don't know – on like on the court, this helps the Mavs a ton. The Mavs just uh, traded for a beehive don't... that makes the sweetest honey. Yeah, that's a good analogy. There, <laughs> there you go. Um, that pretty much sums it up. It, it also, uh, it might be a wasp hive. Yeah. Uh, also, the Mavs are gonna play zero defense. Apparently, Jason Kidd just, was like, "Now nah, we'll just outscore you." I, I, yeah, he's he literally said uh, the job is uh, our job is to score points and we're just going to outscore you now. Like <laughs> this is a wild quote. The last two games for the Mavs, I think they've given up like a hundred million. Well, did they points. outscore them? So, uh, no, they lost the last two games. They lost to the Kings and they lost to the Wolves. And uh, Rudy Gobert was just dunking over and over and over oh again yeah he had, he had some uh, crazy like 18 points in the first half or something yeah and i think they're all dunks like <laughs> the mavs rim protection is is really really bad uh yeah so i i think um they're gonna get kleba back though so maybe that'll help but i was actually maybe the last two games uh, maybe i'm taking too much from the last two games but i was much higher on the mavs before watching the previous two games now i'm like and now i'm just like can this team defend at all do they have i don't i'm looking forward to their series against the nuggets and, and suns though we're, we're gonna see some 150 to 140 <laughs> games uh all right so we've i think we've there's actually two more trades by are the way there? what are they okay yeah so so get these um let's see there the hawks acquired Bruno Fernando and Garrison Matthews. So I think so. Bruno's two years away from being two years away, guy, right? I, I don't know. Is this a real person? Is this real? Yeah, Bruno Fernando and Garrison Matthews, and the Rockets received Justin Holiday, 
Frank Kaminsky and two second Frank round the picks. Tank. That, yeah, that, that that's just a trade that, that happened. Uh, yeah, that happened. And the other trade that happened, um, actually, I think this trade matters a little more, a little bit more than the other trade, was the Suns received Darius Baisley for Saric, a second round pick, and cash considerations. I think Baisley is going to actually play for the Suns and, and give them some defense. But... A little bit of defense, not a lot of offense out of him. Oh, also, I didn't realize this. On January 5th, the Celtics bought a second round pick from the Spurs. They traded salary filler <laughs> and cash for a future conditional second round pick. <laughs> a future conditional second round pick. That's like really funny because uh, if the conditions aren't met, then is it just nothing? Um do you have a favorite trade of the deadline or a favorite player acquired? Uh, I, I can't say Katie or the Katie trade, right? Like, uh, I mean, ob- th- that's the obvious answer, isn't it? Like, I feel like I have to give a, a, a answer. You got to give a hipster answer. One. Yeah, I got to give a hipster answer because like, Okay, fine. You know what? I'm going to cheat then. I'll Between just say uh, waffles and pancakes, you choose crepes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a couple of my favorite moves here. Luke Kennard going to the Grizzlies. I feel like that was a really, really good move. Um, I also really liked Bones Highland going to the Clippers. I feel like that was excellent value for a player that I am interested in. The Lakers getting Jared Vanderbilt, I like that a lot. He's a really high-energy guy, really great defender. The KD trade, very good. And is that it? I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Yeah, I'm going to admit I didn't feel like scrolling through all the trades, but now that I have, I'll give a real answer as to which is my favorite trade. Um, I guess I would go with that uh, Kennard trade to the Grizzlies. And the Crowder trade to the Bucks. I really like both of those. I, I, you know, this was a big deadline for second round picks. I think it was something crazy. There was like something like 52 second round picks or something I saw in an article. And someone, someone made a headline and they were like, second round picks for the new cryptocurrency. I thought that was really funny. Um, I like to see. Oh, that's the hmm? winner. Biggest winner of the deadline is second. I would honestly say that's the biggest winner of the deadline. Second. I hope this becomes a thing where people are just moving like four second round. Because the thing is like one second round pick like really doesn't have that much value. But like you give someone four darts to throw at a board, like you might end up getting a player. Uh, But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for the trade deadline. We've been talking for a very long time. Um, (laughs) That's going to wrap it up for the trade deadline podcast. My name is Taylor. That's Krishna. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index podcast.